السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولهما بعد we here at Epic are very, very humbled and honored that we have, alhamdulillah, so many different ulama, some of them nationally known, some of them internationally known, uh, people who have founded different institutes, people from all, all over uh, the world, uh, people even as far away as Atlanta have come and visited us here in Texas. <laughs> alhamdulillah, uh, today we're hosting another uh, world-famous uh, alim and sheikh whose efforts uh, are well known, alhamdulillah. He has a seminary uh, called Al-Medina uh, Institute. He has founded it in Atlanta. I have had the honor of visiting uh, the seminary interacting with the students. I have met the Shaykh a number of times uh, in a number of conferences and Alhamdulillah is a very erudite, very well read and uh, MashaAllah whenever we get together we always have very deep discussions, sometimes a little bit also back and forth but that's the nature of scholarship and ilm, that's the nature of uh, meeting uh, people MashaAllah that are definitely independent thinkers MashaAllah and he is somebody who uh, will hold a position and defend it with honor and dignity and with evidences Alhamdulillah uh, and that is of course none other than our Shaykh Muhammad ibn Sheikh uh, Ninawi is somebody who does not need an introduction. Uh, his reputation, his lectures, his books uh, have established their own credibility. He alhamdulillah has a, a established a reputation in uh, the sciences of hadith. He is definitely somebody who uh, does not do taqlid in hadith at all. MashaAllah, He has the right to make his own ishtihad and he defends his ishtihad when it comes to hadith. Also ilm al-kalam and also tazkiyah and suluk. MashaAllah, uh, the Sheikh has written a number of books and given many many lectures and articles it's the first time he's coming uh, to epic so we welcome him alhamdulillah and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him and all of us in da'wah and our efforts to ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our good to conceal our sins to raise our ranks and to give barakah in our da'wah so that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes the people to come closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the messenger of allah with no further ado uh, shaykh Ninwi, the floor is all yours jazakumullah khair shukran to you barakallahu bikum bismillah الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته ومن والاه whatever my brother said is out of his good thinking may Allah bless him and may Allah forgive me for that which is not reflective in me and make me better than that الله إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي Hadi Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let me take you to the Quran. If we want to take draw lessons, I always say the best lessons can be drawn no other than the source of the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. And then we can see how we live this life when it challenges us, when there's, there are difficulties, when there are other things. In Surah Yunus, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. فما آمن لموسى إلا ذرية من قومه على خوف من فرعون وملئهم أن يفتنهم وإن فرعون لعال في الأرض وإنه لمن المسرفين. The rough meaning of the ayahs, Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us which means. Only those who believed in Musa were a dhuriyah. 
from his own people. Let's see what that means. After all the efforts of Musa, only the Riyah believed in him. Allah says, Ala khawf, they were living in fear. All kinds of fears. What's their main fear? Min Fir'aun wa They were in fear from Fir'aun. And they were living in fear also from the pressure of the current, the strong social current of the people who are in power and people who control the policies and the medias and the things and all that. They were living in fear. Min Fir'auna wa Malaihim. What's the fear? That they would be subject to fitna. Fitna yani test. Their claim of Iman would be tested. Then Allah seals the ayah. وَإِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ لَعَالٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ Fir'aun is indeed seeking superiority on earth. وَإِنَّهُ لَمِنَ الْمُسْرِفِينَ He is indeed among those who have gone to excess, extreme. Yani, just to make it casual for the next half hour, the story of Musa or Fir'aun is a story of life. Really, it repeats itself. There's always a Fir'aun, and there's always a Musa in that sense. Hence, Al-Quran Al-Karim repeats the story of Fir'aun and Musa oftentimes. You see Sayyidina Musa in the Quran oftentimes. And the reason for that is Al-Quran does not repeat things nonsensically. He brings us things because there's something to glean from and something to benefit. Before we end, the ayah has many themes and we will try to get into them and you and I will try to deduce or glean from the ayahs different lessons of how to navigate life that has challenges or is life free of challenges anyway to start with. Does life come with challenges or not? The human being enters life and in life there is the good and bad and the ugly. The human being himself or herself is enabled to do good and evil. وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَى قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ Allah enabled the nafs to do good or evil. If you seek purification, you'll do good. If you don't, you'll do evil. So as the human being enter life, enters life, and the life has the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the very human being is also capable of doing good, bad, and ugly, the question becomes, what does the human being do? Good or bad? In addition to the fact, it seems like يعني كأن الإنسان مجبول على التميز يعني إنسان wants to be متميز wants to be different from the others wants to be distinguished maybe this has to do with the instinct of everlastingness wants to stay always never wants to leave 
fear. Now, with the enablement to do good and bad, and the desire or the instinct to be distinguished, some people fulfill that distinguishment or perfection through good. You know what? Seeking knowledge, positive contribution, akhlaq, value system that distinguishes them. يعني you all know Hadith Sayyidah Aisha Um Al-Mu'mineen in Sahih Al-Bukhari Muslim when the Prophet Sallallahu came to her and told her about the da'wah our mother Khadija was the first right? يعني Jibreel comes fresh Al-Quran comes fresh to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alaihi Wasallam and he pours it fresh in the ears and the heart of Khadija The situation is difficult because Mecca is ruled by a political, social, economic elites. You threaten their common dollar, dollars and cents, they're going to kill you. And Khadija realizes عنها, that her husband is coming with a new deen that will not just change, it will uproot the entire system of Quraysh. She tells him, Kalla wallahi, hadith verbatim. Kalla wallahi la yukhzi kallahu abada. Allah will never let you down, ya Rasulullah. Allahu Akbar. Yani not maybe, are you sure? Are, are you sure you heard right? Are you sure you are told right? Allah will never let you down. Then she substantiates why she thinks Allah will never let him down. Mind you, at that time, she must have been living with him, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, since he was 25, yani 15 years now she knows him. Who knows you better than your wife, who lived with you 15 years? Huh? Why do you think the Sahabi or the Tabi'i came fi Musnad Ahmad wal Hadith Sahih and asked, السيدة عائشة أم المؤمنين رضي الله عنها كيف كان خلق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم How was the خلق of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم You think he's just he doesn't know he wants to go to his wife and ask his wife how was he inside the house We know how he was outside Tell me how he was inside when no one saw him والسيدة عائشة رضي الله عنها فقيها عالمة Her answer was I don't want to say جني جن يعني genius I want to say her answer is tawfiq from Allah because it could not be any other way. She looked at him or she told, not look, she told him, don't you read the Quran? Yeah. She said, kana khuluquhu al-Quran. He was a walking Quran. There you go. There you go. Huh? What does Sayyidah Khadija says? She said, Allah will never let you down, Ya Rasulullah. Wallah, innaka la tasilu rahim you are good to your family. Whether they're good to you or not, you're good. وَتَصْدُقُ hadith, And you speak the truth always. وَتَحْمِلُ الْكَلْ And the needy, you carry. وَتَكْسِبُ الْمَعْدُومَ And the one who doesn't have, you clothe them. وَتَقْرِضْ ضَيْفِ And you're a good host of any guest who comes to you. And the last one, وَتُعِينُ عَلَى نَوَائِبِ الْحَقِّ 
and you help and stand with the haq. You not, don't stand neutral when it's haq. You stand with the haq. For these reasons, as Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha listed for Sahihain, she says, Allah would never let you down, Ya Rasulullah. This is how our mother Khadija saw the Messenger of Allah. Or let me rephrase this. This is how our mother Khadija saw the message of Islam. Because the Messenger was also the walking message. And I want, I, all of you are intellectual and scholars in your field. No one needs to put spoons in your mouth. We, it means we, the question begs itself. Is that our Islam? The Islam that Khadija saw in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Or is that not? Naktaqri daif good hosts. Today, we, we, oftentimes we escape from guests. Look, man, I'm busy. Sorry. Guests become burdens sometimes. Tasduq al-hadith, etc., etc. So I don't waste time. Sometimes perfection leads someone, or distinct, the, the instinct to be distinguished leads someone to perfect themselves through knowledge, through refinement. Huh? Some, sometimes people don't take that route. They want to be distinguished through crime and evil. And you know, crime and evil is a sign of what? Yani, tughyan, tyranny. Tughyan ibara an ta'bir an hub mufrit. Lithat. Yani, excessive love of the self leads people to become tyrant. Inna al insana la yatga al ra'ahu stagna. That's why Pharaoh said to the people, Ana rabbukum al a'la. I am your supreme Lord. So, what takes people to crime? They want to be distinguished. But instead of trying to be distinguished in the right way, they become distinguished in evil. And they want to force themselves as such. Oh, the, the journey between good and evil like that, Musa, Firaun, etc. From the beginning of humanity, the idea is this, my dear beloved. Since there's going to be always Musa, Firaun in that general metaphoric meaning, and we're enabled to do good and we come into this life. Do we get impacted by what Pharaoh does? Thus we become Pharaoh as well? Or do we face the tactics of Pharaoh with the message of Musa? Does Pharaoh make us lose who we are? Or Pharaoh has no impact on us? I'll tell you this يعني, as an intro, and then we'll come to the ayah. Al-Muqanna al-Kindi, one of the poets. Today is Saturday, Friday, right? Yeah, Saturday, Friday, kullu ahad. Al-Muqanna al-Kindi was a poet, but he was not a poet. His grandfather was the chieftain of the tribe of Kinda in Yemen. And you know, in a tribal system, the son, the eldest son, succeeds the father in being a chief. That's how it is. So the father of this man was supposed to succeed his father 
in becoming the chief, but his uncle and cousins played a trick on him and took away the chieftain of the tribe after the death of his grandfather. But this man grew in a house of nobility. And sometimes when you have that environment, you can't help it. You are noble. Shajara tayyiba gives always tayyib. Shajara al-khabitha will give khabith. That's how it works. So anyway, they alienated him from rulership. Adal Muqanna died. He's an Umawi poet, in the Umayyad time. So They took him out to the point that he went and asked for the hand of his cousin from the uncle who took, usurped the leadership and they refused. They told him, no, you're a poor man. Number one, you're not a leader anymore and you're poor. Why should we give you our daughter? Go. So he said this line of poetry. He says, "Yu'atibuni fi dayni qawmi, wa inna madiyuni fi ashya taksibuhum wida." They, my people, are reproaching me about borrowing money and giving. It's one thing to give when you have. This man was so noble that he borrowed to give when he didn't have. He couldn't say no to someone who asked. Huh? said that about Zain al-Abidin, Ali ibn al-Hussein, the, the, the Umawi poet, when he saw Ali ibn al-Hussein, Zain al-Abidin, he says, مَا قَالَ لَا قَطْ إِلَّا فِي تَشَهُدِهِ This man, he's so generous, he would never say la, no, ever, except in his tashahud. أَشْهَدُ أَلَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ لَوْلَا التَّشَهُدْ كَانَتْ لَأُهُ نَعَمُ had it not been for tashahud, his law would have been a yes. Well, some people are like that. Fahad al-Muqanna, he says, they are reproaching me about why I actually became poor and even borrowing money to give. I am doing that to help them as well. It helps them. I fulfill loopholes that they left hukuk of the people on those who lead on those who are noble they are not fulfilling I am fulfilling for them even though they are in leadership but I am not then he said وَإِنَّ الَّذِي بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ بَنِي أَبِي وَبَيْنَ بَنِي عَمِّي لَمُخْتَلِفٌ جِدَّا he said but look the difference between me and my cousins is very very different if they eat my flesh, I protect theirs. And if they destroy my legacy, I build one for them. I don't carry in my heart hate and grudge against them. وَلَيْسَ كَرِيمُ الْقَوْمِ مَنْ يَحْمِلُ الْحِقْدَةِ He said, because the noble person is not one who carries hate in their heart. Life. Do we change? Does, do challenges make us change our nature? Or our nature that's derived 
and guided by the book and the sunnah make us overcome the difficulties in life. Allah says, let's go. Now with this understanding, and sometimes we need to have a prelude to enter the atmospheres of the ayah. With this we go to the ayah. Allah says, فَمَا آمَنَ لِمُوسَىٰ إِلَّا ذُرِّيَةٌ مِّن قَوْمِهِ عَلَىٰ خَوْفٍ مِّن فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَئِهِمْ أَنْ يَفْتِنَهُمْ After all Musa did, nobody believed in him. Except ذُرِّيَةٌ Allahu Akbar. Who is ذُرِّيَةٌ? ذُرِّيَةٌ, they said, ذُرِّيَةٌ means offspring. Or it means few people. Yani after Sayyidina Musa went to Fir'aun and showed all the miracles, his hand, do etc., all these things, only few people believed in him. Didn't he show his hand? To tell you that miracles don't make people believe, Ya Habibi. Iman cannot come from miracles. Iman is a gift from Allah that you must seek and only from Him it comes. Therefore in the Salah He asked you to say, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Ya Allah, Hidayah is from you. Please guide us, Ya Allah. You think you can... People watch all kinds of miracles. They don't believe in them. Miracles don't bring faith. Faith brings miracles. <laughs> oh, we got it the other way around. Bye. Then after all this, nobody believed in Musa except Dhuriya Qalil or Dhuriya. They said, no. Al-Mufassireen, they said, Dhuriya means those whose fathers were Egyptians and mothers from Bani Israel. Now, remember, Sayyidina Musa is from Bani Israel, right? Or Fir'aun is from Egypt. Sayyidina Musa goes to Egypt to do da'wah. There is a layer of Egyptians who are the elites with Pharaoh, with some of the Israelites as well. There is a layer of society whose mothers are from Bani Israel, who their fathers are Egyptians. They said those are the Dhurriya. The only one who believed in Musa were those people whose mothers were Israeli and fathers were Egyptians, but the Egyptians did not believe in him. Yani, that tells you also something about what? In difficult circumstances, the tribal linkage, the national linkage, there's no harm to activate it. There's no harm that you love your nation that you love your tribe, that you love your community. Islam doesn't say you shouldn't. In fact, it might be useful at times to bring more cohesiveness and unity and serve better. So long you don't think preference is prejudice. Ah, that's a problem now. Preference you may have. Prejudice, it's sinful to have. Are we clear? All these things are known to you. That you have, Yaqi, you want to marry your children. You have cultural preferences. You have ethnic preferences, tribal preferences. Once it becomes prejudice, you are sinful. Preference you may have.
it seemed that the national or the tribal preference with the children, the Zurriya, the children of Bani Israel's women, worked for the favor of Musa, and they were able to identify, you know what, we, our mother is from Bani Israel, Musa is from Bani Israel, we can work together. We, let's, let's link that to believe him. Why do you think Allah sent to every nation people with its own, from its own? وَإِلَىٰ عَادٍ أَخَاهُمْ هُودًا وَإِلَىٰ ثَمُودٍ أَخَاهُمْ صَالِحًا وَإِلَىٰ مَدِيًا أَخَاهُمْ شُعِيبًا to every nation Allah sent from their own. So they can what? They can be part of them. And they don't say, you know what? You're not from us. We don't believe you. No, no, no. I'm from you. I'm from here with you. That's the second meaning of the Riyah. No, there's a, they said there's a third meaning of a Riyah. They said, those who believed in Musa, Zuriyah, and Zuriyah doesn't mean those whose fathers were Egyptians and mothers were from Bani Israel or the few. It means the young people. The young people believed in Musa. Zuriyah, they said, means young. Yani meaning what? The, old, the elderly or the older than the young did not believe in Musa. Hajib. Why? Well, the Mufassirin say, look, Young people are not as rooted in society. They're not as rooted in businesses. They're just coming out to life. They don't have a business they have to worry about. That's why the, uh, uh, the business people, the yani Arabs, they say, Rasul Mali Jaban. Rasul Mali Jaban. Yani the capital money is a coward. Meaning what? I don't, I, you know, I have to be careful with my capital. I can't. Yeah. I worked hard. I'm not going to give it now. Somebody just comes and tells me I have a new call or da'wah. Give me a break. I worked hard for my money. Go talk to somebody else. I'm okay. Huh? Even if they know it's haq, they can't, they don't want to risk their financial status, social status, privileges, or safety. They're not willing, they're, Willingness to sacrifice doesn't, is not as much. Versus the young people, they're not as rooted, business-wise. He doesn't have kids and family. If I do this, will they hurt, hurt my kids? Will, you know, what can they do to me? Bismillah. Huh? That's why all the, I don't like the word revolutions, me personally. I like renaissance. A thawra, I don't like it. Revolution takes things up and makes it down, and down makes it up. Renaissance builds. Revolution, chaos. Renaissance building, structured, focused, goal-oriented. But we sell revolutions because it's profitable. We don't sell renaissance. Anyway. Who led Renaissance or quote-unquote revolutions throughout our history? Huh? Remember what happened to Sayyidina Ibrahim al-Khalil when, when he broke the idols for them? What did the Quran say? Inna sami'na fatan yadhkuruhum Yuqalu lahu Ibrahim Sami'na hu fata Fata means young man We heard about young man Who destroyed the idols? Young man Young man is the one who did it Who is the, what's His name is Ibrahim Another ayah where Allah fi surat kahf. Huh? Innahum 
They are young people who believed in their Lord and they took this extreme measure. Those are the people of the Kahf. They were not the elderly. Maybe this is not rule general. We're talking, we're unfolding or unpacking the ayah. لا, maybe there's a fourth view. Those who believed in Musa are Dhuriya, but the Dhuriya is a combination of two and three. What? They said they're young people and they're the offspring of Bani Israel's women. How so? They say, number one, they're young, and that makes them willing to sacrifice more and willing to do things more. And that's why today, if you want to change society, you want to go to the 30-year-olds or you want to go to the 15-year-olds? Let me put it in a different way. If you want to change social values, do you start them at universities or you go to now elementary school and tell them social values are different? <laughs> go teach in your masajid whatever you want. I'm already taking a hold of them when they were way young. You're on your way out. The youth were the ones who were changing. Oh, look at the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Yani, when Sayyidina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam announced his message, he was 40. That was young. That is young. Well, ask people who are 50. They'll, they'll swear to you that 40 is young. Anybody who's less than 40, you don't have the right to speak. Anyway. Well, Sahaba were all Sayyidina Abu Bakr was uh, 37. Oh, we think he's so old. He was just 37. Young or not young? Ali was 10. <laughs> the vast majority were in their 20s. Who do you think led the Renaissance? Abu Jahl Abu Lahab? Tabbat yada Abi Jahl Abi Lahab wa tab. Ma aghna anhu? Dinuhu? Ma aghna anhu dinuhu? He's making money. People, he's the custodian huh, of the place. He's making money. Who cares about anything else? Abu Lahab is not going to change. Huh? They said that the Riyah is a combination. They were young people, but they were also children from, Bani Israel, from the mothers of Bani Israel. And they said, then, let me say this. There is an element of the mother here. The mother was educating. The mother married an Egyptian, yes, from people of Pharaoh, but she was still from Bani Israel, and she was infusing her children about the prophets and the values of Bani Israel. Yaqub alayhi salam, Ishaq, Yusuf She was the mother under the tyranny of Pharaoh and even the, the religious tyranny of her husband. But she was infusing in her children the values that she inherited from who? From her fathers and fathers all the way through the salsila of the Anbiya from Bani Israel. Therefore, when the children were offered the opportunity to believe in one of the messengers, they immediately believed. Mu Shawqi, Ahmad Shawqi, the Egyptian poet says, Al-Ummu Madrasatun in A'adattaha he says 
اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد he says mother is a school motherhood is not biological in Islam only motherhood is a school if it's well prepared if she's well prepared you have prepared Shauqi says you have prepared a nation of the highest caliber so what do we do we go to the mother and tell the mother you are equal wallahi islam has been saying you are equal from the beginning yani in islam we don't have xx is less than xy if xx prays two rak'ah xy is the two rak'ah is heavier in the scale we don't have that xy gives one dollar doesn't mean it's heavier than xx giving one dollar the most honorable are the most have taqwa the one who have positive contribution best to khalas end the story now can we told the woman no your equality is that you go out and work with a man good no no if you want to go go work but who's raising the children youtube so we told her leave the children alone we'll take care we'll raise your children for you in the old days the children used to replicate or be an image of their the values of their parents and in nowadays society the gap between parents values and children values is like between it's bet the solar system between here and the moon it seems like the generation is almost unrelated to their parents except biologically what happened to the school of the mother or the school of the father? I'm not again against the work. Anybody, everybody has equal rights. Anybody can work. But again, who do we outsource the education of children to? The most precious thing, the thing that will actually prepare the future of America and the future of the world are those children. Who is in charge of set infusing them with values? What's more important? The reason the Israelites, Bani Israel, then believed this, the Ria believed in Musa, I say, maybe the mothers. The mothers from Bani Israel were infusing their children with the values and the religion. Until they grew, they heard the message of Musa, we believed in you. Those who believed in Musa were offspring or the riya now we mentioned what the riya means right from his people min there is many more but let me finish so we can also open some question and answer quran will always give you can stay with one ayah for three months three years even 30 years all your life you will still learn from the ayah will still keep giving it's the gift the gift that always keeps giving kitabullah let's move though for the sake of time Allah Ta'ala says they were living in fear of Pharaoh and the fear of their own people those people who believed in Musa they were still they believed but fear you, what do you mean fear? Ah, what was Pharaoh doing making them live in fear? Number one, as Allah says, 
وَإِذْ نَجَّيْنَاكُمْ مِنْ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ يَسُومُونَكُمْ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ Torture is the first thing they start. Torture to the point that you lose your mind. Torture. Pharaoh, a Pharaoh, who tortures other than Pharaoh? Where do people learn it from? Pharaoh. Allah says in the Quran, They subject you to the worst kind of torture. That's not what Musa. Musa, Moses did not come with these values. These are the Pharaoh values, not the Musa, Musa values. They're not the Jesus, Isa values, nor are they the Muhammadan values, for sure. Sallallahu alayhim ajma'in. That's the first thing Pharaoh starts with, Pharaoh. But what else do they do? No, no, they don't stop here. They excessively slaughter your small little children in front of you. The Quran is saying that. They take the Israelite, the Israelites, Bani Israel's children, and Pharaoh would slaughter them. He wants to instill fear in your bones, Pharaoh. Only that? No, no. Allah says, And they violate your women in front of you as well. Quran. This is really very. That's why Allah said what. They feared the fitna. They didn't fear to be killed. Allah did not say No, no. Sometimes being killed is much easier than being tested like that. But that's not what Pharaoh was doing. Pharaoh was torturing them, killing their, slaughtering their own children, and violating their own women of Bani Israel. Fitna. You think we've got things difficult? Yani, you know, I'm not telling you a story here. This is Quran, and the Quran gives us life lessons. We have lots of blessings to count. Lots of blessings to count. A lot to be thankful and a lot to give. We haven't experienced what happened to the mu'mineen, to the believers of the Israelites of Bani Israel. May Allah never make us experience these things. And the whole thing we're saying is how do we face challenges? وَإِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ Let me finish by saying what Allah says, finish the ayah. وَإِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ لَعَالٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ Which means Fir'aun is superior. But really the ayah is trying to say, in my view, Fir'aun is trying to seek superiority. Fir'aun claims superiority on earth. As if the ayah is telling you what? Fir'aun is low. Pharaoh is low. But you have to be careful of the law when he becomes when he sits on the kursi. May Allah help us all then. And my father Rahmatullah used to always Allah have mercy on all your fathers who if they passed away, and even if they didn't pass away. He used to always remind me with the poet, with the poem. إن أنت أكرمت الكريم ملكته 
وإن أنت أكرمت اللئيمة مردا. If you honor the honorable as if you own him. And if you honor the dishonorable, he will always betray you. And the worst thing you want is when you have someone who is sitting on top, who's low. What does he want to do? What Allah said in the Quran. إِنَّ الْمُلُوكَ إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرْيَةً أَفْسَدُوهَا وَجَعَلُوا أَعِزَّةَ أَهْلِهَا أَذِلَّةً وَكَذَلِكَ يَفْعَلُونَ Which means what? When the tyrant kings enter a place, what do they do? أَفْسَدُوهَا Number one, they spread fasad. Number two, what do they do? They go to the Aziz. وَجَعَلُوا أَعِزَّةَ أَهْلِهَا they go to the honorable people and they humiliate them. Allah says, This is how they always do. This is their way. They go to the honorable, they want to smear them. Fir'aun is indeed claiming superiority. He claims superiority, but he's not superior because superiority doesn't come with these things. Superiority is refinement and faith and goodness. That's superiority. You want to seek distinguishment in this world? Here's your distinguishment. Fir'aun is indeed among those who have gone to extremes. The question that I finish our talk today with from these beautiful lessons of the Quran, life will always put us in a situation with Pharaoh and there's Musa. Where do you stand? And what course of action do you take? Two things, two evils, two wrongs don't make it right. If you're looking for a life free of challenges, You've got the wrong address, my, my brother. That's Jannah. Send next time to Jannah. Jannah, etc. No, dunya, is, dunya is not a place that is trouble-free. I'll finish with this line of poetry that just came to me. I think Ibn Rumi said, he said, المرء رهن مصائب لا تنقضي حتى يوارى جسمه في رمسه he says the human being will always be hostage to problems that will never end. Yani you finish one problem, you think now it's done, bigger problem comes. You finish the bigger problem, alhamdulillah, finally I'm done, another one comes. You finish this, illness comes, sickness comes, disease comes, death comes. He says, المرء رهن مصائب لا تنقضي. They never stop. حتى يوارى جسمه في رمسه. Until you bury that jism in the qabr, in the grave. Uh, that's when the problems stop for some, not for everybody. Uh, he said, فمؤجل, فمؤجل, فمؤجل يلقى الردى في أهله ومعجل يلقى الردى في نفسه. He says, مؤجل, يعني if Allah gives you long life, huh? what people want, Ya Allah, give me, let me live million, thousand years. Huh? A thousand is good. Like Nuh, طيب. The poet says, if Allah gives you that, you will taste the bitterness of death not one time, hundreds of times. Everyone you love will die in front of you. Your children will die in front of you. Your grandchildren, anything you love will die. You will taste the bitterness of death so many times you wish you were dead before. 
take me from this misery i don't want to see someone he says if you have muajjal you long he will see his beloved family die in front of him tasting death and if allah takes your life away quickly he says why me uh, it's too early now i mean why is it happening why everybody is living till 96 why am i going at 79 <laughs> no, you cannot please Bani Adam. Bani Adam is difficult. That's why Allah Azza wa sent us the Quran and the Sunnah so that we actually have guidelines in how do we navigate through the difficulties in life. If there are any questions, feel free to ask. Just stand and ask. If there are no questions, walhamdulillah. Whichever you like. Today, our youth are facing uh, tremendous challenges, both intellectually and their character perspective. The force acting upon them on these friends, we never faced to such an extent before at a collective level. So, during Ottoman Khilafah's demise, Sayyid Badir Zaman Nursi Rahmatullahi Sayyid Badir Zaman wow, Badir Zaman Nursi uh, Badir Zaman Nursi He wrote the Risale Nur to protect the Muslim from the materialistic influence and that work became quite influential and still somewhat valid but I think I would like to uh, see your perspective what do you think we need from a, a intellectual resources for addressing the youth, also the spiritual needs in the language that is current, contemporary, which they can understand? Uh, would like to hear your thoughts on those issues. Religion, in my view, is three things. Aqaid, articles of faith. Ahkam, law. Do, don't. Salah, do this, don't this. Siyam, do this, don't do this. Zakah, do, 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 don't. Three value system. Akhlaq. The Prophet ﷺ in Mecca, the ahkam, the law, came mostly, was made fard mostly in Medina. Yani zakah was made fard the second year of Hijrah. Hajj, the Prophet ﷺ made Hajj the tenth year of Hijrah. Thirteen years in Mecca, ten years in Medina. The bulk of the thirteen years were faith and value system. Do and don't was much more emphasized in the Madani phase, not in the Meccan phase. What we have done, I believe, in the past few decades, maybe if not few centuries, is we focused on the do and don't of the faith. 
So even our children, we bring them to Sunday schools and others. We teach them, do this, don't do this. Halal, haram. Do. We teach them law. That's why they come talk about Islam like lawyers. That's why we become so judgmental also. Sharp. Razor sharp. But the faith itself, who is Allah Azza wa Jal? Why is he worthy of worship? Why nothing else is worthy of worship but him? Why am I Muslim? How do I become closer to Allah? How do I know Allah Azza wa Jal? Oftentimes these questions are not addressed sufficiently. The third, the value system, we tell our children, son, you have to be generous because our Prophet ﷺ was a generous man. So he grew, not him, inshallah, but we grow up then, we have to be generous. Character building is not theory. The 13 years in Mecca, where the Prophet ﷺ was with the Sahaba, this was not lectures, this was lab by definition. The Quran was not entirely revealed yet. But those people, the Tawheed, the Akhlaq, the value system, made them so distinguished and raised them and illuminated them and elevated them so much, they were, there was no way they would go back. Therefore, when they moved to Medina and the law came, pray five times or right before moving to Medina, fast, salah, ziyam, zakah, hajj, sami'na wa'ata'na ghufranaka rabbana walaykin nasir. The Iman was so already there built in them. And the akhlaq were so Muhammadan in them. And today, if we want to tell the parents, and again, I mentioned these things about the mothers and the parents, mothers, and I mean by fathers as well. When we have to, you have to spend, invest time. The most important investment is the children that you have after your own iman. And that doesn't mean outsourcing them to anybody else. Unless experts that you seek help, specific help there. And the most important thing you can infuse if you're not uh, knowledgeable in the tawheed or in the aqaid, akhlaq. How to be generous. Not that being generous is good. How do I become generous when everything outside tells me not to be generous? How do I become truthful when I can get away with lying? Amana, sidq, mahabba. Sharing, selflessness, Muhammadan values, basic Muhammadan values that the prophetic masjid in, Med in Mecca, yani, I mean by the prophetic masjid, the prophetic company, was heavily focused on to fortify people like that. Then the law becomes no problem, sure. So I think the focus ought to be on the Meccan phase without neglecting the ahkam. Now, I don't think we're focusing on character building at all. And we're not focusing also on the aqaid of Islam in its wider aspect rather than just the literal and the technical. Yes, another question. Yes, sir. He's right behind you. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thanks for the discussion on a great topic about the challenges of life. Um, I thought that you made an interesting point about how we can respond to the challenges of life in a Pharaonic way or in a Musa-like way. And one way of understanding that I, I, I assume is like the good people, the, the bad people, they will, you know, they will focus on obtaining and gathering power and esteem and wealth. 
and uh, you know, you know, focus on that. While the, the good people, the Muslims, they will. Uh, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't say that, right? Okay. You're saying that. Focus, so, abuse. Let me put. Okay. So, if my question is within within Muslims. You know, you know, how can we? What is may might we have a Firaunic response to some of our challenges? You know, and. How do we avoid those? You know, how do we have a Musa-like Musa response to our challenges? Because yeah, I feel like some Muslims are not, you know, free from responding in a pharaonic way to some of our challenges. So that's my question. Sorry. Absolutely, So I don't want to think. I don't want us to think that seeking the dunya is an evil thing. Seeking the dunya for the dunya, maybe. Allah says in the Quran, what? وَبْتَغِي فِي مَا أَتَاكَ اللَّهُ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ ولا تنسى لصيبك من الدنيا وأحسن كما أحسن الله إليك. Seek in what Allah has given you the hereafter, and don't forget your share in the dunya. But dunya is to do good in the dunya because nothing will stay in the dunya. Meaning, carry all the wealth you want in the dunya. Will you be able to exit the dunya with that wealth? You can't, or power. So gain that wealth and use it for good. That's the idea. Now. How how does the Quran puts this? Allah says, "Let us tell Hasanatu wa Sayyah." The good and the evil can never be equal. The meaning of the ayah: "Idfa' billati hiya ahsan." Repel that which is evil with that which is good. We have the only way we can turn off hate is with love. I I know it's difficult. It's not easy. The only way we can repel ignorance is with knowledge. The only way we can repel misery is with generosity. The only way we can turn off darkness is with light. And it's not easy. But the hadith that's Hassan in Fibabihi, to say the least, the Tirmidhi narrated in others, and Nabi says, A'ti, Salman Qata'ak, give, connect those who disconnect, who sever you. A'ti man haramak, give those who deprive you. Forgive those who hurt you. And that's not easy. I know we can say it now and nobody hurts you and you say, man, how can I forgive him? There's a challenge there. And the challenge is for us. It's not about the other. It's about us, us rising over the misery of our own limitation. You see, we need to rise a little bit. And that rise requires a bit of an effort and sometimes a bit of maturing, growing up to do, let me say. Growing up. You, you, can't, you can't face evil with evil. That's not the Islamic way. You can't face injustice with injustice. You face injustice with not just justice either. You face injustice with justice and good. Justice and forgiveness. Adil wahsan, not just Adil. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Any other question or comment or criticism? I don't, you know, I don't mind. I don't, you can criticize, yeah. I'll take it with an open heart. Yeah, sure. Sisters, he says if sisters have questions, they can ask, so... The management has that. Yes, sir. No, I think best is to say it on the microphone because then the, the amana will be on me to rephrase whatever you said accurately. And that's in the ilm of hadith. It's called dabt. 
Okay, which means accuracy much. in transmission, which becomes an issue, and we don't want to open it late at night. Okay, thank you very much, sir. So, my question is, um, why did God make us so we had to be tested? If God is all-powerful, why didn't he make us um, so we, are, are not, so we don't, don't need testing? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Why does God enable us to do good and evil? Why doesn't he strip us from the power of doing evil? And he just created us like angels so we don't do anything. We cannot do evil even if we wanted to. We're just designed to do good. We can just do, that's it, and we cannot do evil. Well, the wisdom of God entailed that for reward and accountability, for the human being to be superior in a sense, better than the angels in the way that the angels prostrated to the father of humanity, is the enablement of choice. In our faith, we believe that faith is a matter of choice in the first place. It wouldn't be faith if it's not choice, and that is your enablement of choice. I'm going to use free choice in a very restricted fashion. If you don't freely choose to believe, you're not really a believer. It's not faith anymore. If you don't freely choose to do good, to share, you're not selfless. And I think part of the enablement of choice by the creator of all is number one, he didn't just enable us and tell us, all right, you're enabled to do good and bad, you're on your own. No. He sent us messengers and prophets from Adam to Noah to Moses to Jesus to Muhammad, alayhim salam, may peace and blessings be upon all of them. He sent with them revelations. He sent with some of them books and messages. He told us, this is what you should do. Avoid doing that. Then not only that, after that and their messages, he also uh, told us, showed us in many ways directly, in a sense, Yanni, in our lives, this is the wrong exit. Don't go there. And then after that, he also informed us that if we do evil, we can always follow it up by good. It might neutralize it. And if we do one good, it equals ten evil. And then he told us first, last, as Allah says in the Quran, in If you avoid the gra grave sins, grave evil things, we shall forgive your little sins. So I think he created us to show us his love and mercy, to identify his love and live with his love. Yet he informed us that he's also just. So if someone kills a child or rapes a child or does evil things, they will be held accountable. Yeah. Next. Or if anybody has, or from the sisters or... Assalamu alaikum So, so it, shaitan was is just a tool uh, Allah is using to test us or he, he suddenly became like that. In our view, Islamic view, the devil, shaitan is absolutely powerless. <laughs> we do not believe in duality of power. Be careful. 
that the power of good is God, the creator, the power of evil is the devil. No, 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 no. The devil or shaitan is absolutely powerless, hopeless, weak, absolute in every single way. All the shaitan can do is come to someone and says, kill him. That's a good idea. Can he take your hand and make you kill him? He can. Can he do more than that? He can. You become shaitan if you now accept his idea. You have harbored a shaitani idea now. And you're executing it. And shaitan tells you that in the akhirah. Allah says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. وَمَا كَانَ لِي عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ Shaitan tells the people in the akhirah, look, look, I had no power over you people. مَا كَانَ لِي عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ إِلَّا أَنْ دَعَوْتُكُمْ Except that I told you to do. What happened? You actually answered my call. فَلَا تَلُومُونِي وَلُومُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't blame me, blame yourself. إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهِ Another ayah, إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهِ رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ I fear Allah, the Lord of the worlds. So, the enablement of power enables us to do good and evil. We need to be careful not to abuse that enablement and use the enablement to do evil. That's the shaitani steps and the shaitani path. But shaitan will not force you. Shaitan will only give you an idea. Be careful to take any idea that people dish at you. Some of them may be terrible. That's the idea. Yes. Any other question? Yes, sir. But I need, you need the mic so I don't rephrase your question. No, no, that's then called الرواية بالمعنى. يعني you narrate with the meaning rather than with the lafaz. Sayyidina Umar does not accept that. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Sheikh, you tried to give uh, examples of dhurriya. So I just want to understand what does it exactly means, dhurriya. I, I gave the four different possible meanings of dhurriya. Yeah. Simply because linguistically dhurriya may mean offspring. But in the contextual tafsir of it, the ulama of the Quran went into these three different ones and the fourth is an amalgamation by the poor slave. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you, you don't need my permission to ask. You just ask. Shaykh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. It's such an honor to be in your company. The honor is mine, sir. And uh, I seek your uh, dua. And Allah be pleased with you in this world and in next. Now my, now my question is, that I'm sure most, most, of, most of us brothers know in a different parts of the world some Muslims we are being killed and uh, we are being uh, uh, tortured and everything and uh, some Muslim countries the ones who had the power to raise their voice no one is raising voice against their violence against their killing Muslims being killed. What can be done so that those Muslims can be helped and we can have peace for those Muslims in this world? Thank you so much. Allah be pleased with you. It's unfortunate the issue of violence that humanity has not learned throughout our history. I mean, from the, from the children of Adam, Qabilu Habil, right? 
هابيل وقابيل قابيل قاف فور ذا قاتل يعني قا از فور ذا كيلر كين كيلر قابيل وهابيل از ذا كيلد فروم ذات تايم اون انتل توداي اتس بين 6000 ييرز تو ساي ذا ليست ليتس ساي اند وي هيومانيتي ستيل هاز نوت فيجرد اواي to live with each other, to solve pro its problems without slaughtering each other under different labels and different names. And uh, let me يعني, make this the story, the answer short so I uh, allow other people to, uh, to answer. From an is my Islamic understanding, there, I'll say a few things. Number one, violence is the language of the inarticulate. Non-violence is the weapon that knows no defeat. The prophets والسلام, came to give people life, not to take life away from them, including those who disbelieved in them. Our Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is rahma lil'alameen. Whether they believe or don't believe, he's still rahma to them. We have an obligation, I'm going to use this word, Yanni, but it's non in a non-violent context, to be warriors of, prophetic, of the prophetic method of non-violence, to save life at every possible turn and at every possible choice, and to teach ourselves and humanity that we need to be able to solve our problems without the shed of blood, under any circumstances. Wallahu alam. Yes. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Alaikum salam. Oh, there's two microphones. Sorry, man. You've been overruled. <laughs> it's not me, Sheikh. He gave you the go ahead. He came from New York for the discussion. <laughs> oh, that gives him higher uh, priority. <laughs> First class. Firstly, Sheikh, I want to say I love you for Allah's sake. You changed my life Allah. in many ways. Allah ibarak fikum. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Even if I don't know your names, I love everybody, all of you for the sake of Allah Azza wa Hoping that Allah will grant. This is not ceremonial saying, Yani. I have agreed as well, selfishness in that, in the authentic hadith that those who love each other for Allah's sake, Allah will grant them a shade on that day. So I love all of you for Allah's sake. Even if I don't know your names, but like I always say, we may not know each other's name or faces, but your soul and mine are very, very old friends. Must have been, huh? Must have been. So talking about love, um, I have this feeling, or had this feeling for a very long time, yes, that muhabba or hope toward Allah, love, loving Allah, is not being emphasized enough is a feeling that I've had to the point where when I was teaching at an Islamic school, a high school student came up to me and said, brother, you speak so much about loving Allah. I haven't heard this much from my parents or my teachers and it troubled me a lot. I know we talk a lot about fearing Allah and hope in Allah, but I have this feeling that the love of Allah is not emphasized enough and it can be so profoundly transformative. And, and so is my, do you feel that my assessment is correct? And if yes, how do we emphasize loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and the power of loving Allah I mean that's a big question <laughs> and if you want me to tell you that we love enough then I will be cheating you if any we are so short in loving Allah and so short excessively short in loving Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
if any, we are, we are actually love-deprived. We, we rendered Islam, reduced Islam, to information rather than transformation. So our brains are on steroids with information, but the hearts, the hearts are deprived. The love of the Sahaba al-Kiram, radiyallahu anhum, wa ahlul bayt, wa salihin, wa al-awliya, this, we are, sometimes we need to, that's why I said the value system, after the aqaid, must be emphasized. Amongst the value system is love. But how do you want me to define love? The love cannot be defined. That's why the ulama, they went, when they became, came to the word love, hub, two letters, and tried to define it, every definition they gave it made it more obscure, obscure and ambiguous. Therefore, they said, you know what? Love cannot really be defined. We can only speak about its signs. The sign of you loving Allah is that you love people. The sign of you loving Rasulullah is that you're generous. The sign of you loving Allah is that you're caring. The sign of loving Allah is that you're forgiving. The sign is that you are positive contributor to the world, not just to your own. The sign, the sign, the sign. They said we can't define love. Defining it is limiting it. But we tell you what the signs of love are. And I claim... And not I claim, the Quran tells us explicitly that this whole faith of Islam is founded, guided, and maintained by love. Founded, guided, and maintained, my love. What am I claiming here? If you have no love, you have no faith. لا يؤمن أحدكم حديث البخاري حتى أكون أحب إليه من ولده ووالده والناس أجمعين. You all know that hadith. I'm better than me. I don't need to tell you that. Founded on love, guided by it, maintained. You have to have infusions of not just steroidal information about the deen. You need to have infusions of love, يا حبيبي. Well, otherwise that. It doesn't become faith, it becomes philosophy. Wallahi, microphone, ya Mawlana, otherwise the management will be upset with me. I've been holding the mic. Oh, he, somebody is holding the power. <laughs> so, uh, my question is with the topic of uh, good and bad, how can we understand the concept of taqdeer over here? If our taqdeer is already written, is it also written that we'll be doing the good things or bad things? Yes, or... now you open up Qada and Qadar at what, 9.30 p.m. <laughs> and people are tired, they want to go and have the biryani, it's already ready. Uh, a, a short explanation would be you know, really helpful on this. Or is taqdeer dependent on the choices we make in okay, our Okay, let me try to explain it, uh, this difficult concept that takes a couple of days. Let's try, let me try to put it in a small couple of sentences. Allah is the all-knowing. صحيح العليم وهو بكل شيء عليم سبحانه وتعالى his علم سبحانه وتعالى is everlasting with eternal with no beginning everlasting with no end his علم is not created not similar to the creation and not subject to change comprehensive detailed and definitive correct or not 
meaning he is when I say his ilm is azali abadi I mean that he doesn't know things based on when you do them his knowledge is eternal of what will happen whether it happens if it happens and what would have happened if it didn't happen and what happens when it happens and what doesn't happen and why does it that doesn't happen and any possibility of happening if it was to happen how would it have happened yeah he created you and enabled you to do good and bad correct does he know eternally before your creation in a definitive detailed and comprehensive way that's not subject to change what you will do with your enablement of choice or he doesn't know until you do it he decreed what he knew definitively to be the reason is because you're thinking time Allah is subject to time not your thinking I'm saying the, some of the questions of the predestinarianism is because people think Allah is subject to time and we live and they think that time is linear so tomorrow is after today and after tomorrow is after tomorrow hey, that's to me and you Habibi Allah is not subject to time there's no yesterday today and tomorrow to him subhanahu wa ta'ala he's the all-knowing without being subject to space and time so he knew what he eternally and he enabled you what he decreed is definitive and reflects reflected in your reality not that he stripped you from the enablement of choice if he strips you from the enablement of choice yani he creates you and makes you lose your mind or drives you into unconsciousness he doesn't hold you accountable if he strips that enablement of choice not accountable you have an account an enablement of choice you're accountable did he know eternally what you would do of course did he decree that yes okay that's qada and qadar let's not open it mirth because otherwise we will stay here to tomorrow and i don't have a problem but you probably will and the masjid may have an issue saying look man we need you to get out Yalla, any other questions? Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Uh, beautiful talk, very thoughtful. Uh, we learned a lot from it. Uh, my question is uh, one of the translations uh, from verse of the Quran that we have created human and jinn for worship only, or it means we have created human and jinn to worship one God. Which one is the true translation? So Thank the you. ayah says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Which means, I have not created the jinn and ins except that they worship. Right? Worship me. Like, and you know, yani there is a weak uh, linkage to Ibn Abbas on this. says, لِيَعْبُدُونَ أَيْ لِيَعْرِفُونَ Very weak, actually. Like, and Tabari and others mention it. Like, and it makes sense in the sense of what? How do you worship him if you don't know him? I haven't created the jinn and ins except so that they know me. And once they know me, you know that once you know him, you know and realize that nothing is worthy of worship but him. Nothing. But you, you have to know him. That's why Allah says in the Quran, what? فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ La ilaha. He didn't say faqal, say la ilaha illallah. He says, no, have knowledge of la ilaha illallah. Yes. Any other question?
Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Question about uh, raising uh, kids in this society. Uh, Muslims, as we all know, are very few in number. Um, again, number, I guess. You, you mentioned to if there is a tyranny to uh, repel it with love. And if there is uh, anything negative, you portray positive. So if there is a sea of uh, negativity and you are very few, what is in our religion to, uh, are we still supposed to, uh, is there any other better way or, or what, what should be our behavior of, uh, uh, of facing those challenges, uh, social challenges and religious and intellectual challenges and all that? Look, this, this, this country has lots of good things. And uh, I personally, obviously, uh, many of you would attest to that and has, has lots of great things that other places don't have and we need to count our blessings for this as well. However, we can always also say that the values in, this, in the good old US of A, here in, let's say, in the great state of Texas, in 1960, not like the values in 2020. I think we as American Muslims in this country wanting to raise our children with values and remember that the value part of religion in general is the same more or less meaning we identify with the values that Jesus Christ came with and Isa al-Masih alayhi salatu wasalam these are our values with the values that Sayyidina Musa, Moses came with, those are our values. Abraham, Ibrahim, Yaqub, Yusuf, those are our values. And I mentioned while I was talking about the linkage. Yani those who believed in Musa, there was a tribal linkage. But I meant through that linkage is that people find linkages in nowadays to link each other with to provide an alternative this is a free country obviously so everybody can promote whatever they want so I think it's important for us to actually find a linkage number one within our own to prioritize what we think is most important because like I said when people want to change a generation they don't go to the elderly or the middle-aged guys they go to the elementary school number two find alliances with our other faith systems our christian brothers in humanity we identify with lots of values most values if not almost all with our jewish brothers in humanity we identify with we need to have an alliance of the ver <coughs> of, of virtue and try to create an alternative for uh, something that we feel we disagree with but it starts at home and like I said, there needs to be that linkage. That's why I brought this ayah. I figured, you know what? Those people only believed in Musa, Moses, because there was something linking them together. And at that, at that, in, that in this particular point, it was tribalism or being from Bani Israel. Well, value system links us, links us together, irrespective of our views. Because we don't disagree on value system as Muslims, right? We, we believe that the Prophet ﷺ came, to give us the best, 
وما ارسلناك الا رحمه لا لكن انما بعثت ليتمم محاسن الاخلاق ومكارم الاخلاق الحديث حسن في بابه يعني right so we understand that so we believe in this and we should try to do it and this is i believe it's a priority after tawhid to be honest with you if i was to teach anything in islamic schools today i would teach the basic tawhid why who's allah azza why is he worthy of worship how do i become close to him why there's nothing else but him and then the rest akhlaq in a practical way not theory lab of akhlaq value system character building in a not in a reading character building and fiqh two days we can teach you the whole fiqh you need and the story wallahu alam I don't have the mic. I'm not in charge. Mic, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hey. shall we make this last two questions? Unless somebody else knew who has a question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sheikh, uh, a question on the topic that you covered today, but with a specific uh, context and example. Now, Muslims in India, you know, there are almost 200 million Muslims in India, and uh, the current. Uh, government and also the um, um, certain fascist agenda is approaching in the genocidal path for Muslims of India and similarly in China Muslims are collectively uh, in, in the west, northwestern region of China again collectively a lot of people you know under torturous condition so as an individual Muslim, of course, I'm originally from India. So I, whatever we try to do, help in a little way. At times, feel overwhelmed because there's nothing able to impact. But Islamically, I am responsible only to do what I can, right, in my capacity. What I want your guidance is how do I find balance in this involvement and trying to assist without losing my own value, my own sanity in one side and the other side not becoming completely indifferent and passive. Yeah. So in that spectrum, how do I approach this issue of responding as a human being? So to make the, the long story short, we as Muslims, I, I, I think that we don't have the option to not identify with the suffering of any creature, not just human beings. If we lose to identify with the suffering of any creation, then we haven't just betrayed our faith, but we've also failed the test of our time, of why we exist now. So I will urge you to do every, any legal, non-violent thing you can possibly do without losing your sanity. Last question. I think this is the last question, and then we'll request Sheikh for the dua. This question may be controversial. I don't mean to offend anybody. Okay. Just a question. It's about, as a Muslim parent, I'm concerned 
about what's going on right now in the world about LGBT, whatever that is. It's been flooding in the society, schools, colleges, social media. You see what happened in Qatar in football game, all that. I haven't watched the football, but well, okay, I'll take it from you. So, they, the told Maroc is, they told me Morocco is winning. Yes, yes. Look, inshallah, now they're going to make dua and inshallah. they're going to probably pray tarawih just so that they win. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. No, they, they prayed great, great. you know, 3-0, they won. Yes. I, got your I think I got your question. The way is being flooded in social media, in schools, if you speak against it, if you say it's wrong, you are labeled as extremist, backward, unsocial, this and that. Now, as a community, you know, for example, you, my kids go to school. And if other kids are coming and they belong to that specific gender or whatever, they mingle, they talk, they, they influence each other. And you know, 10 years later from now, what's going to happen? So as a Muslim community or as a Muslim parent, what measures we can take so our child do not get influenced by that? First of all, I think it's very important to understand that the, the burden of raising our children is on us, not on society. We can't expect society to raise the children for you. For me or, let me just say, for me or for you. And when we even, no matter which society you send your children to, uh, society has the good, the bad, and the ugly everywhere. I'm just saying in general now. And it's the job of the parents to refine, filter, follow up, and make sure. And that's why I said again, the motherhood, the fatherhood is really important. It's not just biological. Now, having said that, it's important also to, I think we all understand that from an Islamic perspective, that Islam views uh, any relation other than a spouse, a wife, and a husband as sinful, straightforward. Okay. I can't change the law. That's the law. In fact, I will say that Islam did not penalize it. We don't have a penal code like, let's say, in Judaism, in the Bible, in Christianity. It's a sin, nevertheless, but we don't say kill the people. Not, not in Islam anyway, not in the Quran anyway. So while we affirm that we believe as in the revelations, as in the Torah, in the Injil, in the Quran, in the sense that we believe this to be a sinful thing, we do not say that people who practice the sin must be treated unjustly. They still have their dignified human rights and they must be treated justly. So it's one thing to say, sometimes people confound things that if people do something that we, that we view it as a sin, it means we do not treat them justly. That's not what we're saying. Fair and equal, equal treatment meaning fair treatment, no dhulm, no injustice must be maintained. However, having said that, we believe that this act 
is condemned in the Quran as a sin and as such in the old books as well and we teach these values to uh, our community and we don't need to be shy about that now you read it Amana is with him now it's his problem last question Sorry, Sheikh. Um, last question, one from the sister's side. So, she's a convert and she's asking, as a Muslim, we are supposed I, to... I don't like the word convert, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I mean, man, you're just a Muslim, khalas. I've heard some people saying, Sheikh, I'm a convert 17 years ago. I said, man, you almost converted before me. Yani before I was born. So, khalas, it's in. How long are you going to be a convert? You're a Muslim. Ashadu Allah, ilaha illa, ashadu Muhammad, Rasulullah. So, some people say revert, just I'm a Muslim, khalas. Because you have equal rights. We don't have different strata. Yeah. Sure. So, as a Muslim, we are supposed to love everything about Islam. I can't hear. Well, as a Muslim, we are supposed to love everything about Islam. We're supposed to love. Love everything about Islam. Tamam. But as a convert Muslim, how can I help change my mindset? Seeing things so modern and not being turned off by it. Seeing things so modern? So modern and not being turned off by it. I don't get the question. <laughs> so uh -huh. she... <laughs> I can't read, man. So she says, uh, how can I help change my mindset? As a convert, how can I help change my mind? Mindset. Mindset. Mindset is one word. This is two words. <laughs> Mindset. Seeing things so modern and not being turned off. I don't understand the question. Does anybody understand the question? Yes, sir. Please. Look, I, I don't believe our faith or what Sayyidina Isa, our master Jesus came with, or our master Moses, Sayyidina Musa came with, is inconsistent with decent life. Nor does it mean to be, I mean, unless you want to, you don't need to go live on top of the mountain and not do any, no, no, just mingle and, and eat and talk to people and teach and normal and, and study and all these things. It's just that there's few things Islam says don't do. The rest is do. Yani out of food, everything is eat. Just don't eat khanzir. Don't drink khamar. Everything, bismillah. So the restriction is really little. And the openness is a lot or everything. And I think people would appreciate what we have to do. But look, a human being is influenced. We can't help it. And that's why... Again, the, the, the lesson from the, what we talked about today is sticking together sometimes. In weeks, in week, when you're weak, you know, come, the strong company helps you be better, helps you overcome. When you're alone, like the prophetic hadith, 
mentioned, right? The lone wolf, the lone sheep is eaten by the wolf. So in other words, sometimes you find strength in the company, in good company. So make sure you're in with, with good company. And other than that, this country, I think, allows us to the freedom to practice our faith and all that and, and be part of the society and positively contribute back. And I think our value system that Muslim, American Muslims bring, uh, number one, American Muslims, I, I believe they add beauty to the already beautiful and diversified American social fabric. I think I need to say that. <laughs> But another thing also is our value system adds beauty to it as well. Take it or leave it. We don't seek to force convert anyone. I told you, faith is a matter of choice anyway. But hey, we think we have good product. Take a look. You like? We love you. You don't like? We love you too. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا ربنا جعلنا من المتحابين فيك متزاورين فيك اغفر لهم لنا ولوالدينا ومشايخنا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله والحمد لله رب العالمين Thank you so much بارك الله فيك